Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, June 19th of 2019, and we're going to go into great detail about our thoughts on the June core algorithm update. Now we've finally had time to analyze a bunch of sites that were affected, either positively or negatively, and we're going to show you uh, what sort of trends we're seeing in sites that were hit, um, and also sites that have been making improvements, and hopefully we can help you... Uh, uh, to, to help your own sites uh, make improvements. I was recently in Boston at uh, the Distilled Conference Search Love last week, which was a fantastic conference. And uh, I ran into several people who said, hey, we've been reading everything that you've written on EAT and implementing a lot of your suggestions. Um, and we had several people that said to me uh, that they've been seeing nice improvements along with this update. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, we'll cover some of the recent news in SEO as well. Although, um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, we're going to be doing less and less covering of every little piece of SEO news. Uh, you can still find this in our newsletter, mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And uh, the free version basically tells you everything that uh, is important for you to know. The paid version goes into a little bit more depth uh, and more detail as well. So with uh, without further ado, let's get on to the uh, discussion here. Um, so let's kind of jump right into this update news about the June 3rd core update. A few things, if you've been listening or reading the newsletter, uh, listening to podcasts, you probably know uh, most of this stuff that initially I'm going to say. Um, this update came out on June 3rd, confirmed by Google, actually pre-announced by Google. Um, and that's really cool that Danny Sullivan now is actually giving us more information on updates that are happening from Google. He actually said that they will be giving us more information. So when there's a significant update, Google's going to tell us about it. Um, but but it's not like it's one thing, you know, it's not like, uh, oh, Google's going to tell us if you have this on your website that you're about to get hit. Um, you know, most of these changes that we're seeing now are just broad changes. And so uh, I'm going to talk in a little bit about what we think uh, Google changed with the June 3rd update. Um, and so we know that it came out June 3rd. Uh, most sites that saw effects from this update started to see their effects on June 4th. And then uh, the update was fully rolled out by June 8th. Um, this is complicated by the fact that Danny also announced that Google did something called a diversity update on June 4th. Um, and so we see June 3rd, uh, sorry, June 4th was the day on which sites that were affected by the core algorithm update uh, saw the effects for the most part. And then June 4th was also the date in which there was this diversity update, which we'll talk about in a bit. And to complicate matters even more, um, there was an update on SEMrush. SEMrush updated their keyword database, and this made it so that it looked like uh, a lot of sites were seeing improvements on June 4th when maybe they weren't so much. Um, and I, the way I understand this is that uh, SEMrush added more keywords to their database, and so uh, they're going to be tracking more traffic coming through those keywords. That said, so we started looking at other sources, um, namely Ahrefs actually has a really good source source for uh, traffic data, organic traffic trends. And um, as I always say, whenever we post screenshots in our newsletter or we talk about it in, uh, you know, trends that we're seeing in SEMrush or Ahrefs um, on podcast, you can trust that these are lining up with what we're seeing if, in Google Analytics, assuming that we have Google Analytics for these sites. Um, so we're not going to be just posting, you know, yay, look at this big increase when really there wasn't an increase there. Um, and you'll see that we actually worked with some 
some sites that saw drops uh, and saw further drops after working with us. And so uh, I'm going to explain why we think that is and what some of these sites can do to uh, uh, improve. But thankfully, um, you know, a good number of our clients, if you've had a site review done uh, by the MHC team, a good number of our clients are seeing nice improvements. So uh, that's something that I'm really, really happy about seeing. So um, by the time you're listening to this, we will probably have published our full document on what we think is happening with the June core update. Um, it should be going out within an hour or two of, uh, of me actually publishing this podcast. Uh, and so all of this will be described in there. Um, and that's for not just for paid newsletter subscribers. If you're a paid subscriber, what we're trying to do now is give you the earliest access uh, to this information that, um, that we have. So um, first of all, there's definitely an emphasis on trust. Uh, and so when we talk about trust, we're talking about the whole idea of EAT, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. There's been a lot of discussion recently about, you know, is EAT actually a part of the algorithm? Um, this is part of my talk that I gave at Search Love last week, just explaining, you know, there was a document uh, that Google published in February of this year uh, talking about how they fight disinformation. And that document went into great detail about how they use EAT, how EAT is incorporated into their algorithms, um, it's definitely a real thing. This is not just something that we've made up to try to, uh, you know, gather more search terms or, you know, coin a term, um, you know, things like that. This is this is a real thing. And we've seen consistently that uh, sites that are working on improving all aspects of EAT tend to see, do better with algorithm updates. Um, and a lot of the aspects of EAT are just general good quality advice. So what we're seeing here is that a great number of the sites that saw drops with the June 3rd core update were medical sites. And they were medical sites that are talking about natural medicine. Um, and this sounds familiar probably because a lot of these sites were sites that saw hits on August 1st. And so we have a number of sites that came to us because they were hit August 1st, which we called, you know, the general SEO community called the medic update. They were hit August 1st. Um, and then, you know, with our help, they saw a little bit of improvements either September 27th, which was a core update that was not uh, named, or March 12th. Um, and then some of these sites uh, actually saw significant drops. Um, some of them just minor drops, but some significant in June 3rd. Um, and so we think that uh, some of the previous updates were talking about authority of authors, um, and those are things that you can improve. You know, you can get your authors mentioned in authoritative places. You can do things to improve individual EAT. We just did a webinar on author EAT, which you can find on our YouTube channel, um, and that'll talk in great detail about how can you improve the EAT of authors. When Google updated the quality readers guidelines just a couple of months ago, one of the things that we noted is that they move, removed a lot of the instances of the word EAT, or the acronym EAT, and replaced it with page quality. And we suspected that Google will get better at actually determining the content on your page and whether it's high quality. And I think that they do this with a whole number of signals. They probably look at natural language processing um, to determine the expertise of the, um, or even the trustworthiness of some of this content. Uh, and they by far um, even better look at our other experts recommending this content. Um, and so that can, you know, it can come down to links 
Uh, I think I have a whole theory on, you know, which links Google knows how to trust. And I think the links that come from sites that are lacking EAT probably are completely ignored by Google. Um, and so who knows what they've changed and how they've determined this. But one thing that we're seeing is that sites that are talking about natural remedies that contradict scientific consensus are um, often the type of site that saw hits with this update. One of the sites that uh, we talk about a lot, although they're not clients of ours, is the Dr. Axe site. Dr. Axe is fairly well known as a natural medicine doctor. Um, and in this space, he's somebody that definitely has expertise and authoritativeness. Uh, 100%, you know, he's seen as an expert, he's seen as an authority. Um, and we saw with the August 1st update, our theory is that his site saw drops because of reputation issues. Uh, and there were things written all online about people having trouble getting refunds, um, about uh, just business practices that potentially people were frustrated with. Uh, and we saw that this site worked really hard to improve their online review profile. And it seemed to be working. They were starting to see some gains with March 12th. And then with this June 3rd update, they plummeted again. Now, I did not look into, you know, every single post that Dr. Axe has written and whether they were scientifically accurate. Um, but what I'm noticing is there's a lot of things that are saying, you know, um, take a look at this supplement and studies have shown that it will help this. Uh, but when you look at the study, the study kind of shows, well, there's a weak connection that maybe taking this supplement could help improve your sleep or could help with weight loss. Um, but it's being presented in a way that sort of says, hey, this study says uh, this could help. So here's a supplement, pay us lots of money for the supplement and you'll lose weight or you'll sleep better or something like that. Um, and I imagine that a lot of that is uh, not really in line with scientific consensus. So we've spoken about this before, but the quality raters guidelines, the raters are instructed to actually determine if there's content on a particular page or a website that goes against the general scientific consensus. Now, this, I can see where it can be a problem, you know, because just because scientists believe something doesn't always make it true. The problem is, though, that if Google wants to make it so that they're not ranking potentially dangerous medical content, I think they kind of, it's a, it's a good place to start. Um, you know, if the general research says, yeah, this is in line with, you know, what this article is saying, that can be a sign of trust. Um, and I can see all sorts of holes. I think I've probably simplified it way too much. Um, but the reality is that however Google's doing it, they are finding ways to make it so that um, low authority sites that are talking about natural medicine uh, are seeing drops. So how can you do to improve upon that? And that's a tough one. If your entire site exists to help people find alternative treatments, you may find that it's going to be really challenging to rank for those alternative medicine treatments unless people are specifically looking for that type of treatment. If I am looking for, you know, how to treat diabetes, it's very unlikely that I'm going to find, you know, that eating this superfood or, uh, you know, taking this supplement that my doctor didn't recommend um, is going to actually help with the condition. That's probably not going to rank well. 
that said, if I am doing searches for how can such and such herb uh, affect somebody with diabetes, then maybe those natural medicine sites are going to rank better. So I think, you know, in some cases, perhaps Google got better at recognizing intent. Um, but uh, and some of those sites that were ranking before uh, for natural medicine queries, you know, um, I think that Google has just reduced the trust level on some of these. So if the, you fall in this category and you have content on your site that you're worried does contradict scientific consensus, there's a few things you can do. One is remove those sections of your site. Um, you know, we had we worked a couple years ago when the OWL update came out, which was Google's first really strong attempt to fight fake news. We worked uh, with a site that had a huge section of their site all about the zombie apocalypse. Um, and it was written sort of tongue-in-cheek, but I think it's possible that Google's algorithms thought they were serious about, you know, protecting your entire livelihood from when zombies take over the world. Um, and so this site, you know, we had them actually just remove all of that content from their website, uh, and they did do better. Now, they improved other things as well, so uh, it's hard to say, you know, was it just because they removed this content that they improved? Improved. Um, we think that it contributed. Um, another thing that you can do is make sure that absolutely everything you can reference is referenced. So if you are saying that a particular herb could be useful in a particular medical condition, add scientific references. Um, the thing people always ask me when I talk about this is, well, how would Google know, um, you know, how do we do it? Do we reference with no followed links, with followed links, in article references, at the end of the article? I don't know the answer to that. I think, though, it's important that you have references and that Google and users can see these references. The other thing that you can do is to try to sh tell both sides of the story. Um, so if you are talking about a particular herb, again, that is potentially going to fight cancer, um, you know, you can talk about, look, here's all this evidence that supports this, but recognize that the general medical community is not on board with this. Um, and this is one of the 23 questions for uh, Panda. Um, these have been discussed a fair amount this week, too. Uh, years ago, Amit Singhal from Google wrote this post on 23 questions you can ask yourself if your site was affected by Panda. Uh, and we've listed a bunch of them in our article on the June 3rd update. What we basically want to get across here, uh, and Google has said this was not a Panda update. This is basically Google just, you know, determining in different ways what high quality content is. Um, but those 23 questions, John Mueller has said uh, just recently, too, that they're still very, very important. Um, and so I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this subject, but if you are a natural medicine site that saw drops, recovery could be challenging. Um, and I think, though, I mean, we do have a couple of natural medicine sites that actually did see improvements. Uh, and they've been working on, uh, again, author EAT and really, really uh, a lot on trust. Um, I mentioned this a lot, but we have a whole document on the September 27th update, which you can get to at mariehaines.com slash trust. And this goes into great detail in many things that are mentioned in the quality raters guidelines as a potential sign of um, either positive trust or lack of trust. Another thing that we saw with this update is that a number of our e-commerce sites saw really, really nice improvements. And in every case, it was a site that already had decent brand recognition. We think that Google turned up the dial on brand authority. There was a thing in the Quality Raiders guidelines that recently changed that was talking about the Marriott Hotel. And uh, I don't have the exact wording in front of me, although this is again in our June 3rd uh, article on the core update. Um, 
what it basically said was uh, in the past, you know, the guidelines said, oh, the Marriott Hotel um, is uh, recognized as a brand and this page has a lot of good information on it. Um, they changed that to say, basically, because the Marriott is recognized as a brand that makes the page higher quality. And that's a big difference. Um, and I've said this before, but if I... Uh, wanted to write a thorough document on all my experiences at Marriott hotels, it would probably be more useful than the Marriott's website itself. But most people who are searching for the Marriott do not want my article. They actually want information from the brand itself. So how can you improve upon brand authority? Um, this is a tough one because you actually have to be a legitimate brand. And we believe that uh, Google determines these things mostly by links and mentions from other authorities in your space. So we recommend Harrow help a reporter out as a way to get some news coverage. Um, but even better is to truly do things that actually get uh, the press talking about you. And PR can play a big role in producing uh, more brand authority for your site. The other interesting thing that we looked at was, uh, and I'm sure most of you have heard the news about this cryptocurrency site, ccn.com, that saw massive drops. Um, I've been reluctant to cover it in great detail because... Uh, to me, it seems like the kind of a PR stunt. Uh, they announced within like a day of seeing drops that they were going to shut down uh, and it was all Google's fault, um, which, I mean, with updates, things can happen and uh, they may see recoveries. Uh, and even the drops that they saw were just back to levels they had a few months ago. So, um, you know, something is not 100% right in this story in my mind. But still, we looked at it. And uh, initially, I thought, and I actually tweeted, that the site seems to clearly have trust issues. Um, although when we looked into it, you know, we really couldn't find evidence that they're publishing stuff that's um, very against scientific consensus. Uh, it's tough, though, because, I mean, we don't, we don't look at every single page on their site by any means. Um, but what we're seeing is they used to rank for uh, really well for the words Bitcoin price. And um, some of my staff are actually very well versed in cryptocurrency. And I said, who do you recognize as an authority in this space? Like if links didn't matter, uh, you know, if you had to rank a site number one for the term Bitcoin price, would you choose CCN? Um, and, uh, you know, they said, well, there's Coinbase, there's Cointelegraph, there's these other sites that are known as authorities. And we think it's highly possible that Google simply said, let's turn up the dial on brand authority. Um, and a site like CCN, even though it has decent authority, they're not giants like um, these other sites that I mentioned. The other thing that we noticed with CCN is they have a very interesting link profile. When you look at their links on Ahrefs and you sort it by anchor text, you can see that they have a large number of links that are anchored with the word Bitcoin price. And this probably beefed up their rankings for that term. Now, initially, when we looked at it, and I'm probably skewed uh, or biased here because uh, we tend to look at a lot of sites that have link-related issues, I thought for sure we were going to find a whole bunch of unnatural links uh, containing the keyword anchor Bitcoin price. It seems that most of the these links that we looked at were legitimately websites that were telling the readers, here's the most recent Bitcoin price. Um, and so we have a bunch of legitimate websites that appear to be linking with a keyword anchor to CCN.com. I think it's possible that Google turned down the dial on the strength of keyword anchors. Um, because again, 
really that site did not deserve to rank um, number one for this term. Uh, and they only did so, in my opinion, because they had found ways to get links that had keyword anchors. So I, I can't say that with 100% certainty, but if you saw drops and you tend to have a lot of keyword anchors, it could just be that there's nothing you can do about this other than keep getting more good links. Um, I don't think that if uh, CCN went in and disavowed all of these links, it's going to matter. I don't think they're being penalized. I think that they're just getting less benefit from these links than they used to. Um, now, it's certainly possible that they have information on their site that goes against scientific consensus and that the brand authority issue uh, was in play, but um, but that's some, an interesting uh, thing that we noted. The other site that we looked at that saw massive drops, and this was very publicly made aware in a Google help forum, was the Daily Mail. Now, the Daily Mail, uh, I don't know how much you know about this uh, newspaper. It's not really known as the highest quality source of information. Uh, there's a lot of tabloid-type information, a lot of stuff that could be potentially considered fake news. So it is certainly possible that Google just turned down the dial on trust for this, uh, 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 for this particular website, or actually turned up the dial, and they didn't make the cut. Um, we've got some other stuff in this article about their ad experience as well. It's horrendous. Um, but regardless, there's a number of things on this website uh, that make us say, you know, why uh, were they not hit before? <laughs> um, so while we can't come up with 100% um, confidence saying, well, this update was about this and that, I do feel very strongly that it was simply about trust and Google's ability to measure whether a website um, is actually the best, the most trustworthy and authoritative website to show people. So, um, you know, when Danny Sullivan uh, recently tweeted, there's no particular thing that you can fix in terms of being hit by an algorithm update, I think he's right. It's rare that there's one particular thing, um, but we have seen plenty of sites, again, that have worked on uh, improving trust. Again, mariehaines.com slash trust will list a whole bunch of different things that you can do uh, to help improve Google's assessment of trust for a website. Um, I just wanted to say a few words about the diversity update. This update, uh, Dr. Pete from Moz actually had an article out uh, just this morning about this, and his conclusions um, were pretty much the same as ours in that uh, this seems to be a very minor change. Um, again, we've written about this in the uh, our information on the June 3rd core update. Um, I think that a few sites saw changes, but honestly, I think most sites that were affected in early June if it was due to an algorithm update, it was probably not diversity, uh, but rather um, about the, the core update. So let's see here. I think that covers the update in, in great detail. If you were negatively affected by uh, one of these updates, we um, do have a little bit of a waiting list for site reviews. I think it's currently at about four or five weeks right now. Um, we're also taking on some lighter site reviews that are a little bit less expensive than our current reviews uh, for certain businesses. It depends on whether you qualify for that. So you can reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com and uh, we can let you know what the waiting list is and what the prices would be to help you. Well, we can't promise to help every single website. Um, if you are really a legitimate business, uh, we can give you all sorts of tips on improving EAT. And uh, again, in the vast majority of cases, we do tend to see uh, sites that implement our advice see improvements. So um, a little bit of a pitch on that. Uh, we would love to be able to help your site as well. 
Um, I'm just going to go into a few other Google announcements, but not into great detail because we're already, you know, 20 some minutes into the uh, the podcast here. Um, one thing uh, is that if you are paying attention to your image search traffic in Google Search Console, there is uh, some type of an error, another bug on Google's side that between June 5th and June 7th, uh, apparently a lot of data is missing on search on search traffic for images. So keep that in mind. Um a few things about local SEO. Uh, there's been, uh, oh, actually, before we get on to that, uh, there was a good discussion on FAQ schema. So you can add FAQ schema uh, to your website now so that you can get search results that actually mar- basically show uh, FAQ stuff in the results. So kind of like a featured snippet. Um, there was an interesting uh, tweet by Lily Ray that she tweeted uh, a picture of their search console data showing when they actually implemented FAQ schema. They saw a massive increase in impressions, which makes sense. I guess they won uh, a featured snippet showing, you know, the the FAQs for this particular client, Um, but they saw a very large decrease in clicks. And so the discussion here was about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to add FAQ schema. And I can understand that in some cases, uh, you know, and this happens to me too, if I'm searching for how do I do this thing, and then Google's results tell me it all, uh, I may not click through to the actual article. Um, David Mim had a really good point, though, and he said, uh, you know, well, if you don't implement FAQ schema, somebody else probably will, and they'll get that position zero spot. So, um, you know, I think it's something that a lot of sites just need to test. You can implement it and, uh, and see. Do your clicks go through? Uh, do uh, maybe, maybe you're getting fewer clicks, but you're actually getting more conversions. You're getting more targeted traffic. So uh, this is the type of thing. I think we can't just say, oh, don't implement FAQ schema because traffic's going to drop. Um, it's something that every site individually is probably going to need to test here. Uh, let's see here. Interesting uh, tweet from Barry Adams. So Barry does a lot of work with news sites, and um, he noted that... Uh, when you're getting data in Search Console for Google Discover, it seems to follow the traffic pattern for organic search. So if you're seeing drops in organic search, that can affect your Discover traffic as well. So that's a, an interesting thing to, uh, to note. And uh, yeah, moving on to local SEO, um, Brody Clark actually posted something. We talked a while back, a few months ago, about how Google My Business was going to suggest posts for you. And what they seem to be doing is grabbing snippets from your reviews, putting that into an image. And the one that uh, Brody tweeted was uh, a suggestion that, um, let's see, it was a client review that said, thank you for delivering a great coffee with great service. Uh, And then there's an image of that that's suggested as a Google post. A lot of SEOs heard about this change but hadn't been seeing it and it seems that that's live now so it could be just a quick way to make a google post although google posts don't take a lot of time to do uh, but i thought i would mention that as that's kind of an interesting thing Another thing that seems to be important for Google My Business is apparently a lot of people are getting an error in their Google My Business dashboard saying that they've exceeded the maximum number of listings. Uh, And Joy Hawkins is on top of this. She's waiting to hear back from Google. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a bug or if maybe Joy has exceeded the maximum number of uh, listings she can have. Um, I mean, I know there's a maximum number of listings in Google Analytics. I've reached that several times. Um, And uh, in Search Console, it's much higher. It's like a thousand sites or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it makes sense that there's only so many sites you can, uh, have access to with Google, my business. Um, so we'll hopefully stay on top of that for you. 
Um, I think, uh, so we'll move on to Q&A now. And this is something we started doing just a few weeks ago that if you have a question for us uh, or for me to answer, I can't always answer by email. In fact, um, some of you might have noticed we've greatly cut down on how many emails actually go to me. Uh, and so a lot of the time, if you're emailing the company, you're going to hear from my amazing staff, um, you know, and they're very happy to answer quick questions, but we get often way more questions than we can, we have time to answer. So I think thought I would pick um, an interesting question here that came from our EAT author webinar. Uh, the, the, the question is a little bit specific to this site, but I think the answer will help a lot of people. Um, so it says, uh, I have an e-commerce store in the health industry through which we sell compression socks. And then uh, they talk about the different types of socks that they created. Uh, they've created blog posts in different categories. Um, and okay, but as I am not a medically trained professional, how do I improve the authority of my website? Do I need to find a medical copywriter who can write blog posts for me or review each of my blog posts? Do people like this even exist and where would I look for them? So the answer to this depends on what you're seeing in the search results and depends on what you want to rank for. So if you are trying to rank for, um, I noticed one of the terms that you said you created information for was for diabetic socks. Um, if you are trying to rank for all things diabetes, then yeah, you need medical writers. Okay. Um, but what about diabetic socks? Uh, the first thing I would do is see who's actually ranking for this. Uh, and I probably should have done this before I started recording podcast, but who is ranking for this term and are, is the content, is it really clear that Google is favoring content that's either written by a medical doctor or reviewed by a medical doctor? Um, and if that's the case, then if you want to rank for those terms, you are probably going to need to get medical reviewers. Um, there are services that do this. I've, I've often I've thought that those of you who are selling content writer services, uh, you know, you should be going out and finding doctors who will actually write for your clients um, and charge more for that service. Uh, you know, and it, we've had people say, you know, it's costing them tens of thousands of dollars to get their content medically uh, reviewed. Um, but a lot of these sites, it pays back many fold. So, you know, this is a business decision that you'd have to make. I also think, though, that there's opportunity. I mean, I considered, I've gone through some health stuff recently, and I feel like I've, I've made some gains and learned some things. And I, I've considered actually creating a website um, to, to talk about the uh, health issues that I have and how um, I got over those. The thing is, though, that I don't have medical EAT in those areas. Um, and so what if I ever do this, I don't know if I ever will. Who, I'll probably never have time for it. But what I would do is um, actually talk to my rheumatologist uh, and say, hey, um, can I either pay you uh, to review some of the stuff I've written or can I, um, you know, actually go into a partnership with you and we could together create a website on this topic. Um, and, you know, it's not something that I have experience in doing uh, in reaching out to doctors to ask for this, but we have had clients, though, that, you know, have found different ways to find these experts. Um, one of the things, though, that is really important is that you don't just find, like, somebody who has a DR in front of their name, um, but that you find somebody who is actually qualified to write on these particular topics. 
with all of this being said, you can still build up your EAT uh, for these terms. So let's say that the sites that are ranking for diabetic socks are not necessarily um, written by medical doctors or reviewed by medical doctors. Uh, and you think, you know what, I probably have a chance to uh, to get in here and do this. Then start answering hero requests about um, diabetes, about, uh, about socks. Um, get everything that you can, do everything you can to get your name written as uh, an expert, connected as an expert, so that when people say, oh yeah, you want information on diabetic socks? This person is the one, they really know their stuff. Um, and so write articles, don't write 500, I, you mentioned you wrote 500 word blog posts on the different categories. Um, I would say write, I mean, the June, the article that I just wrote on the June 3rd update took me weeks to write. I probably put in I haven't added it all up, but I, I probably put in 80 hours into between me and my team into writing this post. And it will get links. It'll get mentions. I will be seen as an authority on this uh, topic. Um, and that's what you need to be considering. As somebody is searching for information on these diabetic socks, don't just write everything that everybody else has written on them. Write your own experience. Put your clients, your customers' experience in there. Find what questions are not being answered. How can I fill those gaps? And Google, I believe, will start seeing your content as more helpful than what's already out there. So, you know, I think this all comes down to EAT and mostly authority um, and basically getting the word out there that your website and that you in particular are seen as an expert in this area. Um, so I think we're going to end it there in terms of podcast. I'm uh, working now on pre preparing for my MozCon talk. If you're going to be at MozCon in July, uh, I'm super excited for this. First time on the MozCon stage for me. So uh, this is really, really exciting. It's a life goal for me. Um, I mentioned earlier that we're still taking on clients for site reviews. Our current waiting list is about three to five weeks. Uh, we have had a lot of press coverage. Um, I've been speaking at conferences, and so there's generally a flood of requests that come following this. So uh, that waiting list may be longer uh, if you wait a little while to uh, to contact us. Um, we're also considering, and I'll just mention this briefly, uh, uh, a new service in that um, we can give you a very specific report every time there's an algorithm update that determines were you affected, uh, what types of pages were affected, were your competitors affected, and what we're seeing in your particular niche. Um, this is not, uh, we offered a service a year or so ago where it was just a yes or no, like where you hit and it was very inexpensive. Um, these will be fairly detailed reports, uh, you know, ranging in the hundreds to thousands of dollars. Um, but we do have a few clients that are, uh, expressing an interest in this. So if you're interested in that, um, reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com. Just mention that you heard it on podcast and uh, we'll see if we can get you in on that. Um, and uh, my staff has asked you to um, join us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're out now publishing more stuff on LinkedIn. And uh, so if you are a LinkedIn user, um, the Marie Haynes Consulting Group actually has a, uh, a LinkedIn post. And so I'd love for you to, to join us or LinkedIn uh, profile. Um, with that, I, uh, I hope that this week goes well for you. Um, you know, I'm not sure uh, what Google will be doing next in terms of algorithm updates, but it's always darn exciting. So I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs>